Mommy's going to the beauty parlor, darling. But I'm leaving you with your favorite friend, Raja. He's going to take very, very good care of you. Because if he doesn't, he's going back to the science lab. Baby Herman, you were great. You were perfect. You were better than perfect. Just Roger. He keeps blowing his lines. Roger. What's this? A tweeting bird. Tweeting bird. Roger, read the script. Look what it says. It says rabbit gets clunked. Rabbit sees stars. Not birds. Stars. Can we lose the playback, please? You're killing me. Killing me. But crying out loud, Roger. How the hell many times do we have to do this damn scene? Raul, I'll be in my trailer. Take it a nap! Excuse me, Please, Raul! I can give you stars! Just drop the refrigerator in my head one more time! Roger, I dropped it on your head 23 times already! I can take it! Don't worry about me! I'm not worried about you! I'm worried about the refrigerator! This is the tale of an up-and-coming movie star named Roger Rabbit and a down-and-out private detective and Stay out! Named Eddie Valiant Booga Booga! Every moment they were together there's a new adventure in trouble. Hi, me, Eddie. Please. It's a motion picture about friendship. Please, Eddie. Don't tell me how you're making a big mistake. Love. <laughs> Compassion. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry I yanked your ears. All the time you yanked my ears. Murder. Marvin Acme. A rabbit cacked him last night. Remember, you never saw me. Sex. I'd do anything for my husband, Mr. Valiant. Anything. And violence. Tunes gets him every time. You wouldn't have any idea where the rabbit might be? Got a thing for rabbits, huh? The whole thing stinks like yesterday's diapers. It's a comedy a little different from all the rest. I'm a pig! I'm a tomb! I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. But tell me, Eddie, is that a rabbit in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Touchstone Pictures and Steven Spielberg present a Robert Zemeckis film. We tunes may act idiotic, but we're not stupid. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hello, welcome to Movie Umpers. I'm Bob Sham. I'm Angela. This is Ginger L, the sound you hear, maybe dogs. I'm drinking Diet Coke. I, I guess we're not. This one's for the, uh. Ew, ew. <sighs> Barney from Simpsons. Oh, okay. Yes, all month long. <laughs> Comfort food has been the theme. What a, what a month. We're, we've gone to the other side of Thanksgiving. My personal favorite holiday. What a thrill. Now we're here, and this is my last personal selection of comfort food in which movies from our childhood that we're reevaluating today. But once again, as this has happened a few times, both of our comfort food categories have crossed over. Comfort food from our childhood and actors are portraying people with intellectual disabilities. Where are you going with this one? and, And in this one, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit... The weasel with the propeller hat and the bat, intellectually disabled, definitely a real dumb dumb. And you know, they also had the one in a straight jacket, so we don't know what was going on with his head. He's just loony. Okay. But let me tell you, when we started off doing the challenge performance 
selections. You know, we were riding the line. And then by the time we got to like, I am Sam, the other sister, I was using words like re re and uh, stuff like that. And I just want to take the time to tell the folks at home, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And there we go. Now that that's out of the way, maybe you should be thankful for me instead. What, how do you, how do, yeah. Are people getting mad at you? No, no one's okay. really said anything. <laughs> The Halloween selection is probably much more popular, but I've been enjoying this much, yeah. much month. Mut- You've been enjoying this month very much. We're tired. We've had a long day already, but it's all right. It's a very tired day. But I'm talking about one of my favorite movies from my youth, and I still love this movie. This is also one, much like The Goonies, where I also watched this movie so many times. I was like giddy watching this movie again. We're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Our first of two Robert Zemeckis movies we'll discuss this week. Written by Jeffrey Price, Peter Seaman, and Gary K. Wolf, who is based on a novel by Gary Wolf, loosely based on a novel called Who Censored Roger Rabbit. Oh. Starring Bob Hoskins, Christopher Lloyd, and the voice talents of Charles Fleischer and Kathleen Turner. And uh, the production here is very significant as well, in which it's Touchstone, which is owned by Disney. But Amblin Entertainment was involved. That's Steven Spielberg's production company. Yeah. The reason, this is a Disney movie, essentially. It's by one of their, you know, sub-companies or whatever. Disney characters, so they have to be in charge. But what's what's kind of mind-blowing to me as a, as a young man, a young child. And I was legitimately into these old cartoon characters. Yeah. I liked, I was more into Bugs Bunny than I was like G.I. Joe. Oh, us and, too. And kids were like will, really into Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah. I was like, give me Bugs Bunny, Popeye the Sailor Man. Like I was, I just was really into those old cartoons. Yeah. And they meant a lot to me. And I, with the Disney stuff, I wasn't as into Mickey Mouse, but I did like, like Uncle Scrooge and Donald Duck and yes. characters like that. Yeah, and I said we because I was talking about me and my, my younger brother. Yeah. Uh, we would watch a lot of stuff together. But that was definitely, the bulk of it was Looney Tunes. Like I was, I like my earliest passion is old car, old cartoons and comic strips. Yeah. So it really was something special to me. And this movie felt like a, it was an homage to all that stuff. Yeah. And this movie is, I also credit this movie for getting me into film noir. Yeah. This was definitely my first, like, noir-style movie. And the fact that it's a noir-style movie with, like, classic cartoon characters in it. And not just, like, your Disney cartoon characters. Although Roger Rabbit, Jessica Rabbit, Benny the Cab, um, Baby Herman. These were all original characters, so they're Disney characters. But fucking Bugs Bunny was in this. Daffy Duck was in this. I freaked out. When I first saw Betty Boop, Betty in this Boop movie, was in because it because I loved her when I was a kid. Droopy the dog was in it. Woody Woodpecker shows up in it. That blew so many people. That they got they didn't get everyone. They didn't get like the Casper stuff, like Casper the Friendly Ghost, the yeah. Harvey stuff. They didn't get Popeye characters, but the fact that they got like at least Looney Tunes well involved is a huge reason. That is huge. is a huge deal, and the reason. I don't think this could happen today, but Steven Spielberg gets a significant production credit here. 
And at this time, from the 80s to the early 90s, it seemed like Steven Spielberg was getting his name slapped on everything. And you weren't sure exactly what he did for it. Sure. It seemed like he just did something at the very beginning, and it was enough to... He just introduced he, people to each other. But he was like a golden boy during these times, so of course his name would move. But he convinced Disney, he talked to Warner Brothers and Disney and like other cartoon companies... Uh, the ones that he did convince to allow them to incorporate into this world to represent all of what is like cartoons and Toontown and shit like this. Steven Spielberg, that's really mainly what he did. That's awesome. Was convince that's all huge. these studios to allow all of their characters to be used here. And of course, all the studios have demands. They don't want their characters like under other characters, but it was all balanced. Like, I just remember as a kid, you, Eddie Valiant is going into the club, and they're they're at a piano bar, and it's Daffy Duck and Donald Duck doing a piano feud, and it's a great scene. Yeah, it's so great. This is like now if like Superman and Spider Man were doing a movie together, and there's just something that you know never say never because these could all be swallowed up in a monopoly someday, but very likely Disney. <laughs> but um. <laughs> but yeah, but it is yeah. kind of it was genuinely cool just yeah. in that respect alone, like these worlds crossing, and it may not be something you ever see again. But at the end of the day, the rights fall back to Disney as far as Roger Rabbit and all this themselves. But the oh sure, but the cultural thing that lingers from this movie is really only one character, right? You had plenty money, nineteen twenty-two. Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. And when all the dust settled, the thing that seems to even still be kind of somewhat culturally significant, every Halloween someone might be dressing up like Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, just the buxom... It was okay to get horny for a cartoon character this time. It was. Now anime fans have to keep that on the DL or else be judged by people who are cooler than them and get more pussy than they do. Um, But back then, we could all be openly horny over a a cartoon character. I had a very, like, tangible memory watching this of hours spent coloring pictures of Jessica Rabbit. I was obsessed with just coloring her with markers because you couldn't get that red if you used a fucking crayon. No, no. She had to pop red. Voiced by Kathleen Turner. Roger Rabbit. Good rabbit? Old, this all Rabbit. That's another <laughs> That's a movie. different movie. We talked about that movie last month. Valiant and Valiant. It's a world in which cartoon characters, it's 1947, Los Angeles. Cartoon characters exist alongside real people, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of from this area called Toontown, which is almost like a borough within the city on the other side of these walls. And yeah, they, cartoon characters work just like regular actors. And we open up with a cartoon, like, uh, you know, back in the day with movies, like if a Warner Brothers was showing a feature, they would show like, like a Looney Tunes cartoon beforehand. Yeah. To get the crowd set up. And for a little while, kind of around when this movie came out, that was happening. Yeah. 
with Disney movies, you would see other like Roger Rabbit and Baby Herman shorts. And I kind of wish that was still a thing by the studios that own these old cartoon properties on the Disney Plus app. There are new contemporary uh, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck cartoons. And they're stylized kind of like the classic style. I really don't watch a lot of things on Disney Plus, but every once in a while we'll go back and I'll watch those old cartoons because that still kind of means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. And I can't really, I can't overstate how important that shit was to me. In terms of, like, I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was a kid. Yeah. And I grew up because of things like this and comic strip characters like like Calvin and Hobbes and shit like that. My personal favorite for a long time was Sylvester and Tweety. Yeah. And also Road Wiley Runner. Coyote and the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know yeah. what's interesting is, like, when we see the, the, the Daffy Duck at the piano bar, he's not the Charles, the Chuck Jones style, which mm. is... Who was one of my heroes when I was a kid was Chuck Jones. He uh, animated the Grinch special that we all know mm-hmm. now, and Ricky Ticky Tavi and stuff like I that. That one, I was little. And but but the Daffy we see is more of a Tex Avery style. Like the animator for this, uh, Richard Williams, they opted to go the animation techniques of Disney, the attitude of Warner Brothers, but the humor of like the Tex Avery cartoons that. Slightly predate the the Chuck Jones era. Okay, and I I'm a big Chuck Jones guy, but it is cool. Like in if you're basing something from like 1947, it is it would be more appropriate to have the Tex Avery style Daffy Duck and shit like that. That even makes it smarter in that case. Like mm. I know you you preferred the other, but. If it's really like that's what was happening during that actual time. Apparently, that's really cool. Apparently, Warner Brothers wanted them to use more of the Chuck Jones style because at the time that was more modern, mm. more closer to the modern representations. But somehow they got around that and it was okay. I loved, again, seeing all the like Merry Melodies, like trees and stuff and mm. all the Fantasia stuff. I think Fantasia might have been... That was scary to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Fantasia. I I don't even remember it. It's been so long. I I know the brooms danced around. The brooms dance around. That's also where the hippos and the tutus <laughs> yeah, are from. Yeah. And she's in this one. She, oh, excuse me. Like she's rocking right, past right. Uh, Valiant. I just love. And Dumbo was. I loved Dumbo. And when, I don't know. I just got so excited everyone we saw. The dog Mark Anthony. One of my deepest cut yes. favorites. Go watch uh, Feed the Kitty. Oh, it is one of the best uh, cartoons in the it's world. It's probably on Max. It's a Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm-hmm. Go look up Feed the Kitty. It's my favorite cartoon short ever. We haven't even really gotten into the plot of this. I'm just talking. Like, I really do still love this movie so much. It, I think more than any movie we've discussed this much month yeah. so far, it really does evoke something very strong in me. And I kind of still stand by that this is a pretty great-ass movie. It's amazing. And... And at the time, 1988, when we hadn't seen anything like this, like animation coinciding. I think... uh, Bed knobs and broomsticks. And Mary Poppins had something like that, Mm -hmm. too. So They went into a cartoon world for probably, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it had been done before, but this was done so well. And big credit to Richard Williams, who ran the animation department Mm -hmm. for this movie. You know, these actors were looking at a lot of tennis balls. I was thinking about that. (laughs) And Robert Zemeckis, he offered to do this, but they didn't want to hire him at first. They wanted to, they asked Terry Gilliam to do it. And he was like, I think he thought he wasn't 
a good enough director yet to do this Aww. kind of a movie. But his take on it would have been super interesting. But ultimately, the reason they w- didn't want to go with Zemeckis at first was because he had a couple of movies that didn't do that great. Mm. But then they finally settled on him, and of course, this movie was a hit. $50.6 million budget made uh, over $351 million. Amazing. So it's definitely a big hit. Eddie Valiant is this guy who he used to do. He's a private detective. He used to work with his brother. Eddie on, and Teddy. On tune cases. Yeah. But his brother died in Toontown investigating a case in which a piano fell on them and uh, yeah. fell on the brother. Well, on both of them, but Eddie made it out and his yeah. brother didn't. Eddie gets hired by this the dude from Maroon Cartoons. To go and take pictures of Jessica Rabbit possibly being uh, adulterous. She is Roger Rabbit's wife. But but Eddie doesn't realize. He just thinks Jessica Rabbit is. No, he's very much removed. And he's just drinking all the time. Eddie just assumes that Jessica Rabbit is another rabbit. Yeah. And he goes into the club, and that's when he meets Betty Boop. They're like old friends. Long time no see. What are you doing here? Work's been kind of slow since cartoons went to color. But I still got it, Eddie. Boop, boop, be doop. Yeah, you still got it. He knows some of the old cartoons. Oh, definitely. Yes, a lot of them are like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. Yeah, How yeah. are you? That scene with Betty Boop, like... Yeah. Broke my heart. She's like waiting tables I and know. she's still in ba- black and, and white. And she's like, but I still got it. So he's waiting for Jessica Rabbit to do her show, waiting on the ducks to finish their psychotic piano du- duel. Yeah. Did you notice the Cool Crows were her backup band? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I don't know if I ever realized that. And then that. he sees this long leg come out and then she comes out and it kind of is almost like she's so striking. You you wonder how he'd never heard of her before, but but he's just been so in a drinking hole that like he's just been so removed from this stuff mm-hmm. and trying not to take jobs centered around tunes, but this one is paying decent and all he's got to do is take some pictures, right? And so Jessica Rabbit does. It's probably the most iconic part scene in the whole movie. Like some other man. Absolutely. Where she sings the song and kind of gets up in Eddie's face and and like I said, it was we were all horny for a cartoon character. And it I was still okay. know every word to that song. <laughs> yeah, and so, I was also horny for that cartoon character. So Eddie um, manages to get some. She goes to her dressing room and this guy named Marvin Acme. He's the guy that runs, who owns all the Acme stuff and apparently owns. Huge chunks of Toontown as well, and uh, he's and he owns Toontown. Yeah, and he and he's super excited, and that's kind of cool that the the Acme guy, like the the stuff you see in the Roadrunner cartoons, I it know. comes from like that Acme product stuff has been going back even before Chuck Jones and the Roadrunner stuff. But it's just funny that it centers on this guy who's just this prankstery guy dressed in a cheesy suit. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to Jessica's rabbit's dressing room and eddie gets thrown out but he goes sees them through the window and he starts taking pictures of them playing patty cake cuts to Ro- cuts to him showing him to roger and roger is distraught super distraught heartbroken the, the animation and the charles fleischer did such an amazing job 
just uh, how fragile Roger is, but also very big hearted, you know. He's everything. He is. He encompasses like all he's a he's a very sensitive soul, but also genuinely wants to make people laugh at the same time. And then he like pops up and he's like basically is making veiled threats. Good looking guy like that. <laughs> the Danes will be breaking his door down. Danes? What Danes? Don't think it's the only ones for me. You'll see. We'll ride them up this little Piccadillo. We're gonna be happy again. We got that happy Charlie T P I that he's going to fix this and he's going to make it right. And then he just disappears. So Eddie wakes up the next day and um, Marvin Acme is dead. Someone dropped a a safe on his head. We see the chalk outline of his body with the safe on the corner just there. It's a really great visual. Yeah. And so Roger Rabbit is missing. Yeah. And that's when we meet Judge Doom. Enter. He is one of the scariest villains of all time and i don't i don't know how he doesn't come up regularly like even down to played by christopher lloyd the his teeth yeah i don't know he's just so he's so evil and on his his personal police crew are these um weasel characters he hates that, cartoons now the he is a literal judge yeah it's not just a nickname and let's talk about the rights of cartoons. They are firmly second, third, yeah. fourth class citizens. He's assigned to go hunt Roger Rabbit down. He's assigned to go after Toons. When he finds Roger, he's going to execute him in this shit he made called Dip, which is a bunch of chemicals. No one has ever been able to figure out how to kill Toons before. But he has. It's fucking psycho. And he demonstrates the dip because there's this, this is a very, tr- kind of a traumatic this scene. Break, oh, I hate it so much. Where there's this squeaky anthropomorphic shoe. It's a baby shoe. And he picks it up. I'll catch the rabbit, Mr. Valiant. Then I'll try him, convict him, and execute him. <laughs> and we watch this thing get slowly Put into this, and we're watching this poor thing's eyes like bulge out it's and like to death. it's legitimately horrifying. Last one, they Hey, boss. They're not kid gloves, Mister Valiant. But this is how we handle things down in Toontown. I'd think you of all people would appreciate that. Even though you're watching just a cartoon character, but yeah, Judge Doom is like, oh. It's just the accusation of Roger Rabbit uh, possibly killing a guy, a human, has just straight up signed his death warrant. There's no trial. No. They're going to find him. They're going to stick him in some dip. dip. Yeah. So that's insane. Like, tunes have, uh, they are completely disposable. Do they even get paid properly? Well, Maroon said that he liked working with the Dumbo on loan from Disney because he works for Peanuts. Yeah, so. And literally threw peanuts at him. Right, right. I don't know. Jessica has a real nice car. So. But she works at the club. Eddie also has a, a, a girlfriend who runs a bar. I love her. The set design in this movie is yeah. gorgeous. Oh. Every it's a be- single really nice looking movie. minute, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Down to the trolley cars, mm-hmm. down to the back room that used to be a speakeasy during Prohibition. It's so good. So Eddie is confronted by baby Herman, who's blaming him for the fact that 
He says Roger didn't do this, and he's blaming him for the fact that Roger had to be on the run in the first place and because he took the pictures. And he does meet Jessica later, who explains to him that she was blackmailed into playing patty cake for him. But he goes back to his office, and Roger is hiding out in his Murphy bed. And that's when we get humorous exchanges. Roger handcuffs himself to him. This is also where he tells him that that night he didn't kill Acme. He went back to Jessica's dressing room, found a blank piece of paper, and wrote her a love letter. Yeah. I think it was baby Herman, right? Yes. That that uh, Marvin Acme had a will. And he'd always promised the tunes that when he died, he would sign over Toontown to the tunes. And the will is missing, and that's a big reason why... Roger Rabbit is being looked for because Eddie knows that they know that they don't have a will or else, you know, they would have just destroyed it or whatever. Actually, mm-hmm. how does he know that they haven't found it and just destroyed it? But Eddie finds out that he has that Marvin Acme had a will because when Marvin Acme was playing patty cake and he took pictures of him, he happened to have the will in his pocket right here, right? I will say the two really aren't tied together. Yeah. It's just that Acme's dead. Yeah. And so that's why they need to find the will. Because if Acme's will isn't found, then Toontown goes to the judge. Well, Eddie realizes that there is a will, so he opts to help Roger out. The weasels come into his place and frisk him. I mean, we won't go beat by beat, but he tries to hide Roger out uh, at his girlfriend's bar. And it is a kind of a funny scene where Eddie is sawing... <laughs> On his handcuffs, and then Roger pulls his hand out, and he's like, just watching him do it. And he's like, you could take your hand out the old time. He said, only when it was funny. But also, he got into his apartment through the mail slot. Yeah. You didn't think he... He's a toon, Eddie. You (laughs) know toons. (laughs) He was still drinking. So they hide out in this room in the back, like a prohibition room. And that's when Judge Doom shows up. Nobody snitches on Roger, but Judge Doom knows somebody's there, and he taps, shaving a haircut. And apparently a, a tune can't resist finishing that song. And that scene, because Eddie's like, this is so stupid. And he turns and looks at Roger, and Roger is like flipping out. Yeah. Because he cannot not do it. I love that part. So they have to go on the run there, and that's when they find... Benny the cab trapped in the back of a police car. And so it's a... it's a, He's in the back of the weasel's car, yeah. It, it's a full romp, right? It's so fun. So Eddie has to do a lot of hiding out. He um, He's going to look for Jessica. He, it's still assumed that Jessica is kind of... Bad. Bad? Well, and he goes... He, he, he actually thinks she's super bad because he goes to see Maroon. And while he's talking to him, he's like, where's the will, Maroon? He's like, I don't have it, whatever. And... Someone shoots Maroon while they're talking, and then he sees Jessica running. And Roger's gone. And Roger's gone. And Eddie goes into Toontown to chase her down. And that's when we get like all kind. We get we see Droopy, and when when a human is in Toontown. Apparently, he, the human, is privy to the cartoon physics. Yes. So we see Droopy, uh, the woman he thinks is... Um, Jessica. Is a character called Mina Hyena, who's this crazy lady who's like, oh, man, right? Ma, 
And that's when we also, he's fallen off a building, and that's when Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny are skydiving next to him. Yes. Let me tell you, when I was a, when I was a kid, I was like, I never thought I'd see that. Like, it was a big deal as a yeah. kid to see that. Tweety Bird tries Saw to- Saw some bitty, pity. Everyone's trying to kill Eddie. Every cartoon character is trying to murder Eddie Valiant. Yep. But they're just being funny. I forget how he gets out. Valiant. I always knew I'd get it in Toontown. Behind you! Drop it, lady! I just saved your life and you still don't trust me? I don't trust anybody or anything. Not even your own eyes? That's the gun that killed R.K. Maroon. And Doom pulled the trigger. Doom? I followed him to the studio, but I was too late to stop him. That's right! You'll never stop me! You're dead! You're both dead! She had hit him over the head with a frying pan and put him in the trunk to keep him safe. Mm. And so then he and Jessica are together looking for Roger. Fuck it. Let's just get to the Acme factory. You can just watch the movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's just a fun way to all get there. It does make sense. We just can't remember every step of it. Yeah. But when he's in there, this is just the appearance of Jessica Rabbit, the Judge Doom dipping the shoe. The whole ending of this movie is also very memorable and very visceral. Every bit of it. When the hyenas, or when the weasels laugh, the judge tries to stop them because they will die laughing like their cousin hyenas. Oh, Roger then appears and he gets a bunch of bricks dropped on him. So Roger and Jessica are tied to this contraption while this machine spraying dip slowly goes and so Eddie has to constantly go back and st- and Benny went to get the cops yeah, yeah yeah and and stop the dip and or reverse it and then the weasels keep foiling they're going back and forth so De- Eddie starts doing this comedy routine with all these props at the Acme warehouse and it's making the weasels laugh until they die and the ones that don't he just kind of fucks with them or kicks them he kicks one of the balls into some dip one of the weasels dies you see their angels come out of their body and floating up and the crazy one is like dude he like still does he's still doing like bad things as he's flying away like it's just really like cool creative shit so judge doom uh comes back and he gets into it with eddie and eddie's got this steamroller and then judge doom uh swings on eddie and eddie holds up some glue and it hits Judge Doom, and he manages to get out of the contraption. Uh, with, there's like this a little. This is also so scary. And that's when we see. Um, there's a lot of ways they get there, but we see Judge Doom getting rolled over by this steamroller, completely flattened, and the screams. <laughs> We see a flattened Judge Doom, and then he gets up, then his paper starts wiggling around. Goes over and, like, blows himself up on, like, a into helium. like, a helium gas machine. And then that's when we learn that Judge Doom is actually a tune. Surprise! And he's the tune. That, that dropped a piano on Eddie's brother. He likes to drop things on people. And he his, dropped it on Acme, too. His, his human eyeballs fall out of his head and he's got these beady red eyes and his voice is like high pitched and shrill and 
it's like the, these tunes are almost like little gods in a weird way because Judge Doom, once he's just revealed, he's like, fuck it. And he's turning his hand into buzz saws and shit. Yeah. Until eventually Eddie manages to bust open the dip machine and spray it everywhere. Yeah. And then that's when we watch Judge Doom just slowly melt. <laughs> Also, the whole point of this was Judge Doom was going to build a freeway through Toontown. So he was going to dip all of Toontown. Yeah, and just kill all of Toontown. I guess he was going to be the only tune left when it was all said and, and done. And his weasels, I and guess. And his weasels. And have a freeway because he envisioned stops and rest stops. Talking, And Eddie's like, you're insane. And, and Judge Doom is literally describing this, what is today? the structure of the way America is now when you're out on the road, right? But the freeway is foiled for now. And uh, so the dip machine rolls through the... Because Toontown's on the other side of the brick wall. And it breaks it open. Then all these cartoon characters from multiple companies come out. And then Eddie finally figures out what where the will is asks Roger to read a love the love letter he found on the the that he wrote on the blank piece of paper and then he realized it was written on disappearing ink so Roger reappearing re- disappearing, disappearing and reappearing, reappearing ink. Ink. Yep. so Roger when he starts to read the love letter starts to read the will because the ink reappeared the tunes get tuned town back the day is saved Roger um thinks Eddie's still grumpy but Eddie Proves him wrong by sucking him off right in front of all the cartoons. Uh, I'm sorry. I got that confused with the porn parody version, Who Gapes Roger Rabbit, oh, okay. which is really good as well. They also got the license for Disney Looney Tunes, and they actually got Popeye and Casper the Friendly Ghost, unlike this movie for that one. And that's Roger Rabbit. We really kind of went went through it all. And I think, but at the top when we explained like what it meant to us and like, mm-hmm. it's still a very impressive movie. And I feel like the story is still very strong. It's so good. And it has the happiest of happy endings because, you know, Eddie and his girl get back together. They've been broken up basically since his brother died because he's been a drunk. He did stop drinking in the course of this. Jessica and... Roger back together, Toon's own Toontown. It's like it couldn't be better. Yeah, yeah. Except Mar- RK Maroon is dead. And then you got Porky Pig doing the sign and off. And he does the, that's all, folks. And then Tinkerbell blinks and blinks Insane. it all away. So It's so crazy. Yeah, it's it's just like a, a real romp and like a, and a fun mystery story, too. And the crazy part is just still it's crazy to see these characters together. The fact that it's Porky Pig and Tinkerbell. Like, yeah. it's just, it's insane and, and the, wonderful. And the original characters, Roger, Jessica, yeah. Baby Herman, Benny, they're all super interesting as well. Like, they're really cool. But like I said, when the only thing that really is remaining in the popular, remote popular zeitgeist at all is just Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. As cool and defined as Roger is. We just haven't seen much of him over no, the years. This is pretty really. much it, right? Yeah. And Benny the Cab, I loved Benny the Cab as a kid. That seems like that character could have, you know, some legs here. Um, do you, in the porn parody, who gaped Roger Rabbit? Do you want to know who gaped Roger Rabbit? I'm surprised you didn't say Roger Rabbit's hole. Um, Barely Legal Herman did it. 
So we're going to review this. He said his whole problem was that he had a 50-year-old man's libido and a one-year-old's ding-a-ling. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if those are the words he used, but basically. Dinky. Dinky. I think. Yeah, this is my last pick for my childhood favorite. And I still, I, I out of all we've discussed, this one still gets me. I still love it. And that's why I'm giving it, fuck it, a 4.5. That's what I was going to say. I, I still think there's nothing like this I'm out there. I'm also giving it a 4.5. I have to give this movie credit for l- culminating into things I loved at the time. Yeah. And leading me into the directions of genres that I love today. There was no doubt, even in my mind, as soon as you told me this category, that this would be your number one pick. Because yeah. I've always known it's about you. We've never watched this together. Yeah, that's Which is strange. amazing. And, you know, sometimes we watch movies apart. Sometimes we watch them together. I made a point that I wanted to watch this next to you because this also did mean a lot to me. Obviously, I know it was your favorite, but it was really cool getting to, like, watch you watch it also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and it is, it, of all the nostalgia movies that we have watched... This one holds up the best. This one feels the most nostalgic for me. Like and the most, twice like, as much as like the Goonies. But also it, it it's still good. Yeah, it it's really is. It's still so good. So we got a, a new way of categorizing. As you'll see, it'll just be at the nines. It's uh, alphabetized under the nines, under the 8.75s. You'll see what I'm talking about. So check it out right up top. It's an alphabetical order amongst the nine ratings. Who frame Roger Rabbit? I unapologetically just love this movie. There you go. And you love it, too. Yep. Folks, check the show notes for links and other places to find us. What do you think of Roger Rabbit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Did it mean as much to you as us? How horny are you for Jessica Rabbit? It's okay. You can be. We all were. Uh, Like, subscribe, leave a comment, say anything you want. And I hope you had a good holiday. And I hope the holidays to come are good as well. All right? Love you. Love you. Every day this week leading up Mm. to December is a drop. Five days this week. So our early Christmas gift to you before we get into actual. I wonder who he really was. I'll tell you one thing, Doc. He weren't no rabbit or a duck. Or a dog. Or a little wood boy. Or a sheep. Or a puppy. (laughs)